And now, it's time for the 5th Annual Fake News Awards! Brought to you by Schwab & Sons Cock Rocket Emporium. In this yearly roundup of the worst examples of fake news in the corporate mockingbird media, we dishonor the dissemblers, lament the liars, and mortify the misleaders who have cheated, conned, and swindled the public into supporting their agenda of technocratic control! Featuring a special performance by the new smash hit pop supergroup, Cabal! And now, from the palatial broadcast studios of the Corbett Report in Western Japan, it's the 5th Annual Fake News Awards! Brought to you by Schwab & Sons Cock Rocket Emporium. Featuring your host for tonight's proceedings, Bent Crockman! Good evening. It's so nice of you to join us for these virtual festivities during these dark pandemic times. And while we've all been suffering so much over these last two years, perhaps none have suffered more so than those poor, beleaguered reporters trying to work from home and give you the weather traffic news updates from their living room, all the while dealing with their pesky cats, their frisky dogs, their uppity children, and of course, their wacky family members. Yes, they have had to deal with these lockdown times just like the rest of us, growing out their haggard wintered beards and dressing like bums and foregoing the trips to the barber, just like you and me, just like the little people, all the while delivering their new prepackaged news segments with that at-home authenticity that you've come to expect from the independent media, but with all the same lies that they've been telling for their corporate overlords the whole time. Yes, I think we should start tonight's award ceremony with a big round of balcony applause for those wonderful Mockingbird Media Stooges who have fought their way through- Oh. Sorry, I'm just getting this in from my producer. Oh. <laughs> Apparently we're not running with that propaganda anymore. <laughs> Never mind. Whew. That's better. I don't know how you animals live like that. Alright, where was I? Uh... Oh yes, the 5th Annual Fake News Awards, brought to you by Schwab & Sons Cock Rocket Emporium. And, as you know by now, this is the annual award show where we dishonor the dissemblers of the mainstream media and bestow on them the dino of dishonor for their most egregious uses and abuses of fake news over the past year. So let's open up the bag from 2021, and it does seem that that bag gets ever fuller every single year with absolutely outrageous pieces of fake news that have been propounded on the public. And this year is certainly no exception to that general trend, so lots to get into today. Let's get straight into the first award. And the first award this year is for Fakest Photo or Video of the Year. And the runners-up are... The photoshopped photo from Norwegian newspaper Sunmorgposten of a masked Olav Mested, the chief medical officer of Ilsund, who was in fact maskless at the time. The video of Biden driving, quote unquote, an electric F-150. 
the fake videos of the Kabul evacuation, including a video of a man allegedly hanging out on the engine of a departing plane, although massive props to the Vietnamese graphic designer who originally posted the video, including a whole series of such fakes. Seriously, they're worth checking out. And the loser is... Rolling Stone for their piece, Gunshot Victims Left Waiting as Horse Dewormer Overdoses Overwhelm Oklahoma Hospitals, Doctor Says, a September 2021 article from the Rolling Stone Magazine website that manages a rare triple play in the realm of fake news. Not only is all of the information presented in the story factually incorrect, and not only, not only did they fail to correct that story when it was debunked, uh, instead of opting for the lying update, even the picture they used to illustrate the article was itself fake news. That's right, their tweet of this fake news story featured a photograph of gunshot victims waiting to get into an Oklahoma hospital overwhelmed by horse paste swilling ivermectin fiends? Uh, no. Uh, why are they wearing full winter regalia? in Oklahoma in September. No, 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 no. Oh, that's because it's a photo of people waiting in line to receive a COVID-19 vaccine at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Oklahoma on Tuesday, January 26, 2021. Had nothing to do with the story, but boy, did it look scary. And boy, did that fake news story make the rounds. So uh, it is truly a crazy article, if you did not check it out at the time. It quotes a source that did not have knowledge of the hospitals in question, and which was immediately denied by the hospital itself and Oklahoma's Northeastern Hospital Sequoia, a system Sequoia, um, when somebody bothered to actually check the claims, which of course, RollingStone.com did not. But Let's, let's be fair, it wasn't just Rolling Stone. There were actually many, many media pe uh, personalities and outlets that ran with this story, including, of course, Rachel Maddow, but others as well promoted and, and, uh, and furthered the story. For more on the meat and potatoes of the story and how every part of it was wrong, you can check out a piece like The Media Fell for a Viral Hoax About Ivermectin Overdoses Straining Rural Hospitals, which I'll include in the show notes, for tonight's award show, because this is the only award show that has show notes. But yes, Rolling Stone, this well-deserved dino goes to you for your disgusting fakery. All right, moving right along to our second award of the evening for fakest politician or health official. And the runners up are AOC for showing up maskless among a sea of masked servants in a tax the rich dress to the $35,000 a ticket Met Gala, a dress designed by a tax evader. Justin Trudeau for anti-vaxxers are racist misogynists. Donald Trump for claiming that the vaccines are his greatest achievement and getting booed for saying he got the booster and everyone else should too. The vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind. Did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so... Um... Oh, don't, 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 And the loser is... 
Tony Fauci for saying, attacks on me are attacks on science. It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people and there was pushback against me. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. Is this real life? Did the face of the scandemic one of the leaders of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, the second highest paid federal government official in all of the United States, just make that statement? Uh, attacks on me are attacks on the science. This has to be a comic book parody of real life. I cannot believe that he actually said that. That is some genuine, straight up, Palpatine level, I am the Senate energy right there. That is ridiculous. It has to be a joke because no scientist worth their salt or anyone deeming to work in the name of science would make a statement like that. Attacks on me are attacks on science because that is in and of itself a blatantly, transparently, 100% anti-scientific statement in and of itself. Do I have to explain it again? Because I already explained it last year, actually. <laughs> when I was debunking the article by Peter J. Hotez that was claiming that the growing anti-science movement was actually a global security threat on the level of terrorism and nuclear proliferation. And it gets worse. He goes on to say, anti-science is the rejection of mainstream scientific views and methods or their replacement with unproven or deliberately misleading theories, often for nefarious and political gains. And if you read through that mealy-mouthed rhetoric there, you will see that he is suggesting that even someone who simply forwards an unproven theory uh, that is not part of mainstream acceptable scientific view, uh, consensus, as I suppose evidenced by the institution uh, institutions that safeguard and gatekeep the scientific discourse, then you are part of this anti-science threat that needs to be dealt with as a terrorist extremist or a, a threat on the scale of nuclear pro proliferation. So, uh, of course, there's deliberately misleading theories that often for nefarious and political gains, but he is including in that anyone who forwards any sort of unproven theory. So, presumably, almost every scientist who has ever practiced in the field of science who has, at any point, come up with a novel search result, a non-novel experimental result, could theoretically fall under this exceptionally large umbrella that uh, Peter Hotez is putting over this subject. So keep that in mind and keep how in mind how broad a brush he is painting with there if you actually look through the rhetoric itself. But then he goes on to say, it, anti-science, anti -science, targets prominent scientists and attempts to discredit them. <laughs> I, again, you have to, I cannot fathom how any anyone who proclaims to be a scientist could write something like this with a straight face. So 
apparently attempting to discredit something that another scientist is is holding up as their their truth science says is now an anti-science threat but that is the very definition of the scientific process that is by definition what scientists do they are attempting to chart new territories discredit or uh, old ideas forward unproven theories that have that can then be experimentally verified or falsified that is the very essence of science but apparently no 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 there is an established body of consensus to which any challenge is a threat on the scale of terrorism and nuclear proliferation. Read what he is actually saying here. This is bone-chilling type of rhetoric. Yes, for the record, that was a clip from episode 398 of the Corbett Report podcast on Science Says, released early last year, that yes, for the record, was the video that was posted to YouTube that resulted in my third strike and the removal of the main Corbett Report YouTube channel. How dare you question the scientists, the scientists, who of course know the science, because it is science to not question, to literally not have the ability to question what the scientists are saying, right? That's the scientific method. <laughs> Verily, attacks on Lord Emperor Fauci are attacks on science itself. Burn the witch! <laughs> what is particularly galling is that Fauci's claim that everything that he has done throughout this scandemic was based on the science, is entirely, 100%, transparently, not just wrong, but completely and absolutely opposite to reality. It's so disgustingly false a statement that I feel it barely even deserves to be refuted. But let's do it anyway. All right. So, what, what part of Fauci's response over the past couple of years should we pick apart? Uh, how about how about his response uh, regarding remdesivir, of course, and the approval of remdesivir as part of the uh, standard of care protocol for the dreaded scourge of COVID-19. Fauci green-lighted remdesivir following studies in which the controlled group did not receive a real placebo. Instead, Fauci's researchers used no placebo in the more severely ailing patients and gave the remaining patients an active comparator containing the same treatment protocol agents as used in the remdesivir arm, except for substituting sulfobutyl for remdesivir as the test agent. Utilization of so-called Toxic, or spiked placebos, also known as focebos, is a fraudulent gimmick that Dr. Fauci and his drug researchers have pioneered over 40 years to conceal adverse side effects of toxic drugs for which they seek approval. Dr. Fauci eventually recruited 400 U.S. hospitalized volunteers for NIAID's remdesivir trials, but despite this focebo chicanery, Dr. Fauci's researchers just couldn't get remdesivir to show any improvement in COVID survival. Despite its disappointing performance, Dr. Fauci worked hand-in-hand -hand with Gilead's remdesivir team to guide the trial to a satisfactory outcome. So, Dr. Fauci's team decided to move the goalposts. 
The researchers, in fact, had changed the trial endpoints twice in an effort to create a meager appearance of benefit. Dr. Fauci's new endpoints allowed for the drug to demonstrate a benefit, not by improving the chances of surviving COVID, but by achieving shorter hospital stays. Yet this too was a scam, because it turned out that almost twice as many remdesivir subjects as placebo subjects had to be readmitted to the hospital after discharge, suggesting that Fauci's improved time to recovery was due, at least in part, to discharging remdesivir patients prematurely. Altering protocols in the middle of an ongoing study is an interference commonly known as scientific fraud, or falsification. Alright, there's plenty plenty more. I could literally read this entire book to you, but hopefully you will read it for yourselves, The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., which documents in exhaustive detail over thousands of footnotes uh, the the completely anti-scientific procedures that have been employed to keep the scamdemic going and to keep the money going to Gilead Sciences and other BMGF-related groups and other things in which Fauci himself has an interest, and all of the other scientific fraud that's being perpetrated, of course, in the name of the injections. But we'll have more to say on that later, won't we? You'll excuse me if I get a little bit worked up about it, but this isn't just fake news in a humorous sense. This is fake news that is so disgusting and so ominous as to what it portends for the biosecurity state that we are being led into that it tends to make my blood pressure rise a little. So, on that note, why don't we do what award ceremonies often do? They take a moment to just celebrate the wonderful performance of music. Yes, we have a musical performance brought to you by corporate sponsor Pfizer from the new pop supergroup Cabal, performing live from Astroworld. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to see this performance brought to you by Pfizer. This musical performance brought to you by Pfizer. We know that um, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any.
Pfizer. I don't know about all of you, but that performance makes me want to go and record my own song singing the praises of Pfizer. Moving right along, let's get to the next fake news award of the evening, the award for the fakest fact check of the year. And the runners-up are PolitiFact for their pants-on-fire debunking of the laboratory origins of SARS-CoV-2, which they later had to update with a note to say that since the experts they relied on for their fact check had changed their mind, they were removing this fact check from our database pending a more thorough review. We're still waiting, Pointer. CTV News for No, COVID-19 vaccines do not violate the Nuremberg Code, which incorrectly states that the COVID vaccines are long past the experimental stage. And IFL Science, a website with a checkered history of stealing other people's work, for Fact Check, Will We Be Microchipped with Vaccine Passports? which uses the very real story of how a Swedish company has developed a microchip that can showcase your vaccine passport status, is actually a public relations nightmare for scientists and a gift to anti-vaxxers, who are obviously still crazy even when they are demonstrably right. And the loser is... All of them! That's right! We can get this from Anthony Watts, who had this article up in December of 2021. Bombshell! In court filing, Facebook admits fact checks are nothing more than opinion. John Stossel is suing Facebook after Facebook's fact checkers labeled climate change information that Stossel posted as false and misleading. 
In the middle of all this is the nefarious website, Climate Feedback, which has a bunch of climate zealots that write up what they claim are fact checks for articles, videos, and news stories they disagree with. Facebook just blew the fact check claim right out of the water in court. In its response to Stossel's defamation claim, Facebook responds on page 2, line 8 in the court document, download it below, that Facebook cannot be sued for defamation, which is making a false and harmful assertion, because its fact checks are mere statements of opinion rather than factual assertions. Opinions are not subject to defamation claims, while false assertions of fact can be subject to defamation. The quote in Facebook's complaint is, The labels themselves are neither false nor defamatory. To the contrary, they constitute protected opinion. So in a court of law, in a legal filing, Facebook admits that its fact checks are not really fact checks at all, but merely opinion assertions. That's right, folks. Always remember, fact checks are not statements of fact. They are opinions that are being funded by billionaires and promoted by big tech for the defense of their pol political and corporate chieftains. Word to the wise. All right, let's move. Oh, sorry. I almost forgot to bestow this dino of shame on, well, PolitiFact and many other fact checkers um, who were absolutely guilty of spreading their false opinions online in the name of fact-checking over the past year. Moving right along to the next dino, we have the award for the fakest climate change story. And the runners-up are The Lancet for the 2021 report of The Lancet Countdown on Health and Climate Change, code red for A Healthy Future, which was immediately picked up and regurgitated by the lying corporate media despite the fact that its central assertion that rising temperatures are leading to rising death tolls is directly contradicted by the published research demonstrating that deaths caused by non-optimum temperatures are declining by tens of thousands of people each year. The Victoria Times colonist for BC Doctor Clinically Diagnoses Patient as Suffering from Climate Change in which they fall for the transparent publicity stunt of Dr. Kyle Merritt of Kootenai Lake Hospital in Nelson, BC, who clinically diagnosed a patient with diabetes and heart failure with climate change. Not only did the Times colonist reporter not seek any alternative viewpoint to Dr. Merritt's nonsensical non-diagnosis, it neglected to inform its readers of University of Washington meteorologist Cliff Mass's exhaustively documented work showing that the Great Northwest heat wave last summer was not climate change, but merely weather. Because, as we all know, weather is not climate. Except when it suits the narrative. And the usual gaggle of climate hypocrites who flew their private jets to the COP26 conference in Scotland to lecture the little people about how they need to reduce their carbon footprint. And the loser is... The Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero for their scheme to get the world's population on board with the creation of a $130 trillion investment trough to be stewarded over by the organized crime syndicate of crooks, criminals, con artists, and eugenicists in international finance in the name of saving the earth. 
Yes, as you will know from my extensive coverage of this topic late last year, the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero is a group of gangsters led by arch-globalist insiders like Mark Carney and Mike Bloomberg to steward over $130 trillion of commitments from the global corporatocracy for the creation of a new financial infrastructure predicated on the monopolization of the world's resources and the reduction of the Earth's natural abundance to the level of products and services to be sold back to you in the name of saving the Earth. The Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero um, is essentially um, a, a grouping, a conglomeration of all of these big banks, asset managers, um, and asset owners, um, and they have come together with the shared goal of under the guy or under the excuse, really, um, of net zero to create a new system of global financial governments. Um, and a whole new financial system is essentially how they describe it. Um, it's led by Mark Carney, who you mentioned earlier, um, being the former head of the Bank of England, Bank of Canada. Um, now, I guess he's the UN Special Envoy for Climate Action and Finance, as well as a special um, advisor, I believe, to Boris Johnson of the UK for COP26, um, where... Um, G fans made a big uh, splash as well, but it was actually created earlier this year in April and was launched uh, a lot, but not just by Mark Carney, but by Janet Yellen, uh, Secretary of the Treasury of the U.S. Um, and John Kerry. So it, it appears to be mainly a U.S. and U.K. backed enterprise. Um, also interesting is you have this guy named Nigel Topping uh, in the leadership board. His his title is High Level Climate Action Champion. Um, which is a, a really fun sounding name, but he's important because his, um, he used to be the head of a group called We Mean Business that was climate focused. And if you're familiar with Corey Morningstar's work on, uh, uh, Greta Thunberg and her series, The Manufacturing of Greta Thunberg for Consent. Uh, we Mean Business is one of the main groups that essentially created the Greta Thunberg uh, figure for the manufactured uh, climate change movement. So it's very interesting to see him there with his uh, illustrious uh, title, um, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, uh, hard not to laugh at, but I, I guess they take it. He takes it seriously, at least. Whitney, you um, can be our high-level in independent oh. truth champion. So there you go. I give you that title. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. So, in, in addition, so so that's that's the leadership with Mike Bloomberg now, who's been added there. Um, can't remember if I mentioned that or not, but of course, you know, uh, billionaire Mike Bloomberg. Now, as I hope you're already aware, that was a clip from my interview in November of last year with Whitney Webb of UnlimitedHangout.com on this issue entitled Whitney Webb Exposes How Green Finance Is Monopolizing the Planet that I would wholeheartedly recommend you check out in its hour-long entirety. There's a lot of information presented in that conversation. I will also direct you to a couple of other reports that I did in 2021 along these lines that fill in some of the gaps and provide some of the context so you can better understand this incredible, world-shaking, international financial architecture-changing shift that is going on right now in the name of this swindle. Uh, for example, I did a report in August of last year called Absolute Zero, The Global Agenda Revealed. And I did a report in November of last year called Welcome to the New Economy, both of which have dozens and dozens of links for further reading and further understanding of this 
incredibly important story and increasingly important story as we move further and further towards the 2030 agenda. So this Dino of Dishonor it goes to the G-Fans crew and everyone else who is helping to promote what they are doing in the name of saving Mother Earth. But of course that brings us to the moment that you have all been waiting for, the culmination of tonight's festivities, the bestowing of the greatest dishonor of them all, the fake news story of 2021. And I hold in my hands, ladies and gentlemen, the very festive-looking celebratory envelope, Japanese style, that contains the 2021 fake news story of the year. So, without further ado, uh, this thing's always difficult to get off, sorry. Um, it'll take a while. Actually, alright, so a little further ado, of course, we haven't, we haven't thanked tonight's corporate sponsor. So here's a word from the sponsor of the Fake News Awards, Schwab & Sons Cock Rocket Emporium. Being a supervillain is a lot of work. You spend most of your time on your plans for destroying the Earth, don't you? Oh yeah. But have you thought about what you're going to do after you implement the final solution? Let's face it, that underground bunker just isn't going to protect you from the nightmare you're about to unleash. Don't you wish you could just leave this planet behind after you flip the kill switch? It'd be great! Well now you can! Presenting Schwab & Sons Cock Rocket Emporium. Here at Schwab & Sons, we handle the headache of designing, building, storing, and launching your phallus-shaped planetary escape vehicle so you can get on with the hard work of destroying all life on the useless hunk of rock you formerly called home. Our sleek and suggestively shaped rockets will take you where you're going in style and comfort. But wait! There's more! Order now and we'll throw in a free Martian supervillain headquarters from our corporate partner SpaceX complete with food, water, air, henchmen, minions, a new Tesla, and everything else you'll need to begin populating, and then depopulating, the Red Planet. Schwab & Sons Cock Rocket Emporium. Helping you reach the final frontier, so you can destroy it too. <laughs> All right, well, that out of the way, let's get to the fake news story of 2021. Drum roll, please. The fake news story of 2021 was, say it with me, safe and effective. Yes, of course. It is some iteration of that mantra, safe and effective, that we have heard all throughout the year uh, from so many different sources referring to the experimental medical intervention known as the COVID-19 vaccines. And since the fake news award rule is that, of course, we have to bestow the d dino of shame on a particular recipi recipient, and there are so, so many people who have said this over the past year and pumped various fake news false stories about the safety and efficacy of these vaccines into the mediaverse... Mm, let's give this one to, uh, I don't know, uh, Rachel Maddow? 
instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them, and the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it, and then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were, right? Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug-resistant along the way, now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Oh, yes, folks. People like James Corbett will be scrubbed from information platforms, disinformation platforms at this point, like GooTube, for daring to, I don't know, talk about the philosophy of science. But Rachel Maddow can get on her national, actually international, media platform and be disseminated via all the big tech platforms. Dr. Rachel Maddow, the ex the distinguished researcher, medical researcher who spent so much time in the labs and who knows what she's talking about by stating flat out 100% medical misinformation that was never actually propounded, uh, even in the mainstream. I don't care what you believe or disbelieve about any of the information that's coming out by the terms of their own fake news narrative about the scamdemic that was misinformation, even especially at that time in March, late March of 2021, when Rachel Maddow was propounding that nonsense. But to be fair, she wasn't the only one. During 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines. And, and that vaccine, a uh, key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Essentially, vaccines block you from getting and giving. Um, the virus. Fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. We have all the vaccines we need. We just need our people to take it. A, for their own protection, for the protection of their family, but also to break the chain of transmission. You want to be a dead end to the virus. So when the virus gets to you, you stop it. You don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person. I think given the country as a whole, the fact that we have now about 50% of adults fully vaccinated and about 62% of adults having received at least one dose as a nation, I, I'm, I feel fairly certain you're not going to see the kind of surges we've seen in the past. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in an ICU unit. 
and you're not going to die. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Oh, yes, there it is. Once again, I hope people understand the significance of this. Even by their own terms, using their own false positive giving tests and all of the other nonsense and trickery that we have documented here over the past couple of years that have enabled this scamdemic in the first place, even using their own terms and their own criteria, it was and always was complete fake news, misinformation of the most blatant kind to prevent to present the idea that these vaccines were stopping transmission, totally safe, totally effective, all of that nonsense was all false. And they knew it to be false at the time because if you actually did any of the research into any of the things that have suddenly been discovered in recent months, did you know that when they're talking about 95% efficacy or whatever they're claiming at a given time, they're not talking about absolute risk reduction, they're talking about relative risk reduction, and here's the difference. Or, Or when they're talking about stopping transmission or anything else, they are absolutely contradicting information that was widely available and reported in 2020. For almost the entirety of 2020, a traumatized public has been told that nothing resembling our pre-corona lives will return until there is a COVID vaccine. So it is no surprise that the same media sources that have been promoting this talking point would celebrate the hopeful pronouncements of the big pharma manufacturers regarding their COVID vaccine candidates. Welcome back to Squawk Box, everybody. We have some breaking news from Pfizer. Meg Terrell joins us right now. Meg, good morning. Good morning, Becky. This is the news that we've been waiting to hear. Pfizer and BioNTech reporting the first results from their phase three vaccine trial, saying that in this interim look, the vaccine showed to be more than 90% effective. Well, we begin with breaking news this morning. The push to find a coronavirus vaccine. This morning, Moderna says its vaccine is more than 94% effective. Vaccine headlines are rolling in. One of AstraZeneca's doses stopped an average of 70% of patients from falling ill, and that even rose to 90% with additional regimens. Now the head of the government's Operation Warp Speed is saying that, quote, hopefully vaccinations in the U.S. will start in less than three weeks. But lost amid the hype of this media-led celebration are some sobering facts. Firstly, these news stories were not generated on the back of publicly accessible data, but literal corporate press releases. This announcement by press release style of corporate self-reporting was immediately exposed as a sham when AstraZeneca was found to have given an unintentionally lower dose to one group of trial participants, and then touted the results of that smaller dose group without clarifying the confusion. I'm not really sure what to make of this AstraZeneca-Oxford trial. There's confusion about whether it's 60% efficacy, whether it's 90%. What exactly happened? Well, it is a little bit unclear, but let's start with what we think we know, which is some of the patients that were in their phase three clinical trial ended up getting a half dose of their of the initial uh, uh, inoculation. And it turns out that the group that got that half dose followed by a boost had a much higher rate of protection from COVID-19 disease than the group that got the dosing schedule that 
the company wanted to give to everybody. Secondly, the success of these vaccines is not being measured by their ability to prevent infection with SARS-CoV-2, as many in the general public believe, but merely to lessen the severity of the symptoms associated with COVID-19, like coughs and headaches. Do you anticipate that the first sets of vaccines out the door will be more of a less effective uh, blocker of the virus? Well, that's the primary, that's a great question, and that's the primary endpoint of most of the virus, is to prevent clinical disease, to prevent symptomatic disease, not necessarily to prevent infection. Thirdly, the studies are touted as involving tens of thousands of people, but in Pfizer's trial, only 170 of them were reported as being diagnosed with COVID-19 during the trial. Of those, 162 were in the placebo group and 8 were in the vaccine group. From this, it is inferred that the vaccine prevented 154 of 162 people from developing the disease, or 95%. But as even the British Medical Journal points out, a relative risk reduction is being reported, not absolute risk reduction, which appears to be less than 1%. Fourthly, the trials are still ongoing. Although several countries have now issued emergency use authorization, allowing these companies to begin distributing these vaccines to the public, the stage 3 trials of the vaccines are ongoing, with several of the planned endpoints for the data not being collected for 24 months after injection. As a result, as even the UK's own Information for UK Healthcare Professionals pamphlet regarding Pfizer's vaccine points out, animal reproductive toxicity studies have not been completed, meaning that it is unknown whether the vaccine has an impact on fertility. Yes, none of this is new or surprising information. For anyone paying attention at the time, this was known since the very beginning of this fiasco, this gigantic operation that was rolled out across the globe starting in December of 2020 to convince the public, safe and effective, this has all been tried and tested, don't worry guys. And you can see that reflected, as I say, in any number of stories from the past year, and there are many, many, many that deserve to share in this dishonor. For example, good old NBC News uh, last year had this article up in January of 2021. The COVID vaccine is safe. Whatever anti-vaxxers say, here's why we can trust it. Which goes through all of the canards that you've come to know and expect from the pushers of this experimental medical technology, including the fact that it was such a gamble for these vaccine and pharma, big pharma manufacturers to try this rushed process of rushing these experimental medical interventions to the market because if the Food and Drug Administration deemed the vaccines not safe and effective, those doses would be no better than trash. So, surprisingly, amazingly, to the surprise of everyone, the big pharma-funded uh, mainstream media mouthpieces ended up parroting that safe and effective mantra over and over and over and over and over again for the past year. And as this article goes on to note, it's a bet that seems to have paid off. Oh, paid off being the operative word. And paid off for who? Who was waging that bet again? But it is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of an, a novel avian virus could occur in, in China somewhere. We could 
get the RNA sequence from that, beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if not even in your home at some point, and print those vaccines on a patch and self-administer. The critical challenge, and it relates to, to one of the things that, that Peggy said, is that in order to make the transition from getting out of the tried and true egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be you know, beneficial, I mean, we've done well with that, to something that has to be much better. Uh, you have to prove that this works, and then you've got to go through all of the clinical trials, phase ones, phase twos, phase three, and then show that this particular product is going to be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is going to take a decade. Well, I'm not a representative of industry, but I'll pretend I'm one. I make a flu vaccine every year, and it sells, and it protects right. people to the degree right. that we so you can have expect. no incentive. Right. Why the hell would I go spend $400 million right. to do this thing, which may be great, and then if it's right. really great, you give it once or twice or right. five times. And, uh, and that's where the federal government comes in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling those types of people were involved. More on that and the significance of that can be gleaned from such things as, for example, Whitney Webb's uh, unlimited hangout piece from last year on Moderna getting its miracle. There's a part one and part two of that series that I'll throw in the show notes for people who are interested in reading more about Moderna and how it managed to land that miraculous, safe and effective vaccine so quickly. Uh, but there are many, many other aspects of this broad category of fake news that is deserving of mention here. For example, there was obviously that fake narrative that was implanted in the public consciousness in recent months about the pandemic of the unvaccinated, which of course is the ostensible justification for all the health pass infrastructure that is now being wired in as the biosecurity state starts to become concretized, which of course was fake news top to bottom. In fact, was exact opposite to reality, because in reality, in the real world, there is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated, there is a pandemic of the injected. And people who want to know more about that would be best served to listen to the daily wrap-up from Ryan Christian of TheLastAmericanVagabond.com on a regular basis for several hours at a time, several days a week. Ryan Christian is there documenting day in and day out every piece of this narrative and going back time and time and time again to the actual sources of documents that are glibly portrayed in the media, finding the actual data and numbers that are being presented to the public and showing that it is exactly opposite to what is being presented. Not a pandemic of the unvaccinated, but a pandemic of the vaccinated, a pandemic of the injected. So... I will throw a link in so that you can follow some of that research if you're interested in that. Of course, we've also seen these mystery heart attacks and mystery diseases that are popping up all over the place just now and just, just in the past year or so. I wonder what's going on. For example, we have such amazing reports like this one from the Times of September 2021, mystery rise in heart attacks from blocked arteries, puzzling over why there was a big rise last summer in a common and potentially fatal type of heart attack in the west of Scotland. 
a country that is now 75% double-vaxxed and 59% triple-vaxxed, miraculously failing to even mention the word vaccine, despite the fact that the experimental mRNA injections are scientifically proven to dramatically increase inflammation on the endothelium and T-cell infiltration of cardiac muscle. But that's just a detail. It couldn't have anything to do with what is going on right now. Or you have reports like this one from the Evening Standard in December of 2021. Up to 300,000 people facing heart-related illnesses due to post-pandemic stress disorder, warns physicians. Talking about the uh, inevitable and uncover-upable rise in heart-related illnesses to be expected in 2022, but covering all that up by say, citing two London physicians claiming without evidence that as many as three million people in Britain are already suffering from post-pandemic stress disorder before bizarrely pivoting into the one and only health effect that they want to mention related to this post-pandemic stress disorder that they are diagnosing over millions of people at a time, just on their say-so. Heart-related problems. Yes, wouldn't you know it. All this stress is just stressing people out so much that they're having heart attacks in record numbers. So this report engages in the incredible rhetorical gymnastics that are required to cite this vague and undefinable and undiagnosable disorder as the cause of the coming wave of coronary heart failure without once even mentioning, you guessed it, the scientifically proven link between the experimental COVID injections and the increased risk of myocarditis and pericarditis amongst otherwise healthy young men. On that note, we can talk about, of course, the the soccer players and other athletes dropping on the field, again, in record numbers. But don't worry, guys, that's because COVID, COVID probably gave them myocarditis. COVID is causing their heart problems, not the vaccinations, which they all have to have in order to compete in their field. And presumably they are playing in otherwise healthy conditions. They're not symptomatic and coughing up a lung or anything of that sort. No, they're perfectly fine, healthy young men at the peak of their physical abilities who are keeling over with heart attacks on the field time and time and time again. Couldn't have anything to do with those experimental injections, could it? And of course, while we're at it, anyone who would dare to talk about the profound, life-altering uh, side effects and adverse reactions that they have provably had from their experimental injections need to be censored and scrubbed off the face of the planet. People like Brianne Dressen, who came out and is part of things like react19.org, just trying to put together information and data so that people who are living through the incredible life-altering effects of these vaccines have people to turn to, that they can start to discuss their problems and what's going on and what might be done to mitigate these problems. Oh, no, 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 of course, the Facebooks and everyone else in the world has to come in to squash all of their groups and their chats and stop them from trying to even communicate to each other to the thunderous applause of the other fake news purveyors of 2021, the, the Noam Chomsky's of the world, for example, saying that the, 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 the unvaccinated will have to be segregated from the rest of society and 
Well, they might starve to death. How they eat is up to them. They'll have to figure it out. Uh, but meanwhile, the big problem in the world is vaccine equity. We have to make sure that the poor, starving brown people in Africa get as many good, healthy injections into their body as possible because we love and care about them. And it's it's because it, they're so low vaccination rates uh, there in Africa because they just don't have access to the vaccines, despite the fact that they do have uh, vaccines and uh, large supplies in some areas that just aren't being taken up by those dumb brown people who just don't know what's good for them, right, Gnome? Or the Neil Youngs of the world who, again, are applauding the censorship and takedown of people with alternative ideas and opinions or trying to present factual data. Scientists who helped develop this technology in the first place, trying to present information about these experimental injections. But no, Dr. Neil Young is going to come out and, no, you can't do that, thereby... Although he never comes out and says this, he's thereby saying that I think the public are idiots. I think they're stupid. And although this is obvious, such obvious fake misinformation that's being purveyed, the poor addled minds of my dumb listeners just won't be able to tell and discern truth for themselves. So what we have to do as as good, you know, 60s era radicals and progressive leftists, what we need to do is censor and stop anyone from saying anything we don't like. That's what we are going to do. Fake news all around. All of it. Every single one of the people mentioned, every single one of the people and outlets not mentioned spreading the fake news about what is happening right now in the greatest, largest scale human experiment that has ever taken place. I guess this dino of shame will have to do but it doesn't do. And what is happening right now is a travesty. And every single person who is helping to forward this agenda is on the wrong side of history. And they will realize that one day. I just hope it isn't before things become too late. Having said that, I don't really know what else to say. I don't know a lighthearted way to take us out of this. All I can say is I will put off course all of the links to everything that I specifically cited today in the show notes, and I hope that together we are having an effect in helping to spread information that otherwise is being silenced and is being suppressed, but is still out there, and every single one of you out there has a part to play in helping to spread this information, because unfortunately, we are in the fight of our lives. Having said that, there you go, folks, the Fake News Awards for 2021. And here we go again. 2022 is just unfolding before us. And there's a lot of fake news out there to counteract. I'll be here to do it. I hope you'll join me. CorporateReport.com.